So I'd like to talk about living ageless and commitment. Um, so in my younger years, I um, had this young lady come over to my house and she was like, let's go apply for um, a talent agency. She was maybe 10 years, 15 years younger than me. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm too old. That's, that don't make sense. Well, long story short, we we did go and do it. I said, well, I'll go with you just for support. I wasn't doing anything in particular. And so I went with her. When I went with her, uh, one of the managers or whatever, oh, I think it was the owner, he, he said, let me talk to you. So he was talking to me. He said, I really want you to sign up because I'm sure I could get you some gigs. Okay, this is weird. So at the end, he gave us packages. And in her packages, she had to go do this extreme photo shoot. But in mine, it was a, a photo shoot with someone and it was like at a studio and it was like pay him like ten fifteen dollars and he'll do a photo shoot so i'm like i'm getting suspicious this is not sounding right well she and i this young lady we didn't talk for a while because she was getting married actually she found somebody in the classified that was looking for a bride and she all she had to do was show up on the wedding day and the family had the gown it was really weird but it was like her second marriage her first marriage was really rough so she was just trying to get out of that marriage and she wasn't a person of commitment so it was very easy unfortunately uh, she had to call the police to her house with that second husband. And because somehow or another, a bird got into the house, some kind of big bird or whatever. And she was attracted to one of the policemen. Of course, he came and he packed her up and he took her away. And that's now her third husband. Okay, that's kind of her life, which was very interesting. But... She was always caught up in the middle of one of those particular relationships or whatever. So I did go to the photographer and he did this photo shoot and he was like, no, you don't have to pay. Um, I received that payment already for you. I'm like, okay. And then after that, I mean, maybe the next week I started getting bookings where I had to go to auditions. All this was very new to me. So I'm like, okay, they did tell me how to take one of those headshots and, you know, make a little resume. So I started booking things left and right, left and right. But it was all in fun after a while. It was, I never took it really serious. And to be 
actually honest. I never really committed. And <clears throat> I went to these auditions. I was I remember one time I booked an audition as I walked out of that audition, another producer um, booked me, asked me about auditioning for him. And I got that book in that same day. And then he was like, yeah, and bring a friend. So I invited a friend and um, it was like, yeah, let's, after, after we do our scene, we're going to go and get fried green tomatoes and some beer at this restaurant. And that's what we did. We did our scene, and I don't want to name, you know, drop, but it was uh, for HBO. And we went out, we had fun. We, it was at some cemetery or something like that. And then after that, um, I, I, I booked with three big-name people. One was going to send a car for me because the filming was going to be out in this country town. And I was like, uh-uh, don't want to do that. Then I had another one. This person wanted me to film on Thanksgiving. I was like, uh-uh. And then the third one, I just really just was done with it. And I've been like that for a long time. Once I master something, I'm kind of done with it. I'm just starting to commit to the things that I'm doing because it's, it, it's, it's, it's a part of my soul awareness. And as I continue committing to what I'm doing now, I'm meeting more and more of my soul tribes because as we grow, sometimes you have to go to people that are very unloving or have no self-worth or self-esteem and you're put in a position where you're having to be kind to an unkind individual and those are the hardest you know because it's just what it is it's almost like I'm like you get brought in to meet these people and everything else starts unfolding they can't really come at you like, I want to rip your heart out. They just kind of, you feel that negativity coming from them. And then it's almost like you have to go and find ways to regenerate your energy. Um, so that was years ago was done with it, but I didn't really stay because I wasn't committed enough to find out what would have been the outcome if I would have stayed on that path. So two months ago, I received an email. I still don't really know how these people found me. And it was about, because I'm into the environment, about climate change. I kind of talked about it in another um, podcast. And so the first night we met, it was like everybody was connected. 
like we were just on one accord. Everybody, it was an equal give and take among everybody. The scientists, the climatologists, the artists, the engineers, but everybody would have their time. The artists, which I was brought into, uh, we would, whatever we learned through the eight weeks, learning how to test the water for pollutions and all these. And it, it was really interesting, but it was, I didn't commit to it at first. I Even though I was having fun, I was still learning something. I had my receptors on. So I was in the position to learn things that I would be able to take away with me, you know, the things that I learned but I had not actually committed. I was still in that mindset, when this is done, it's just done. Even though I had been an ecopreneur for like 10 years and I was progressing with what I was doing, always working on myself. I could look at some of the work I did five years ago and see how I've changed and stepped it up to right now. Um, so we continued every week. So it was two days a week, Tuesdays and Saturdays. So Tuesday evenings, it was like, okay, I could do Tuesday evening, but then Saturday morning. Ooh. So I didn't, I was like, you know, I graduation came up. So one Saturday I couldn't go. And it was the temptation of saying, okay, well, I'm not ever going back. But somehow something there was a draw. Something was bigger than me in this situation. So I decided to stick it out. And as I decided to stick it out, everything we learned became a play. And it was during the weeks that we was doing improv and monologues and I was enjoying all that. And, you know, somebody would say, well, could you write a poem? And I was like, get the little pencil and write out a poem in about five minutes and do this. And it was all in fun at that point. So this was the last week. So we had to go every day this week. It was different. I didn't really realize that I would be the lead in this. I never did anything, a play. And that I would take the audience on a journey. And it was not until the end of the week, when I tr truly realized that I was having the lead role. That's, that's how commitment was not on my radar. And so, I, you know, there was other notes being, because I didn't realize the things that were being done were being turned into a script by the director. And so when we had a dress rehearsal and we had an audience, but it wasn't a big, big audience, it was average. And there it was. I was 
commanding and equalizing his audience. And it all happened so quick. And then I look again, and it's a standing ovation. And it's like, what? What just happened here? But it was an opportunity as an ecopreneur and recycling, something I had been talking to people about, raising awareness about how climate change is warming the globe. And in seeing that, now I have these people like the universe or something put these people together to give me a chance to perform what I've been talking about in another way. And I did that. And so the last performance, it, the audience was much bigger. And it's like I felt my ancestors, my mom, my dad, you know, I was even able to release some things you know, because I was representing them. I was representing my bloodline. This was my inheritance from my bloodline. Sometimes we we reject our inheritance from our bloodline. We continue on whatever has been holding our bloodline back. Sometimes we continue at that pattern, that habit that behavior of what has been learned behavior from probably childhood. When, you know, I like one day I was in the uh, nail shop and this young lady, she was really loud on the cell phone, you know, talking to people weird. And she looked and... And I guess at some point she thought, and on her t-shirt she had, if you knew my family, then you'll understand. So it was clear that her family was like over the top. And she herself was, because that was her norm. That's what she had probably seen all her life. You know, it, it was funny after I read the shirt, I just start laughing. She said, oh, you get it. I said, yeah, I love the shirt because then I was able to be okay with her talking over everybody else in the shop. But last night, because things what goes around comes around, I, when I was doing extras and all that for movies and, I, you know, it came back around. Who knows where that would have gone years ago when I was like really doing well. I mean, getting mic'd up, getting mics put on me publicly and people waving and blowing horns. And I'm like, what? And then that commercial was on a, a Super Bowl one year. So it was really interesting how this was really unfolding. But here I'm you know, more mature, but I was able to commit to all those weeks of learning because what came out in my performance was the fact that I had been changed. 
I was not the person eight weeks ago. I am now another individual that has elevated. I choose not to be, I don't know if you heard my last podcast, to live that thug life. Traumatized humans unable to grieve. Holding on to stuff, just holding on to it and loving holding on to stuff. Bricks hanging around your ankles, just dragging it, just dragging it, just dragging it and attracting people and situations and circumstances that just drag on you and you never get renewed or regenerated and just stay in that muck and mire quicksand. But in committing to this whole storyline, this whole narrative of these eight weeks has been one of the most liberating situations for me because I had allowed myself to be isolated, not just with the pandemic, but just in general. And somehow I had to be pulled out of that. Even when I wasn't looking, I had to be pulled out of that space. I was becoming complacent with that space. But in the meantime, I've had a chance to start my journey with various soul tribes. You know, it's like this morning, one of my other soul tribes bought baskets and baskets of fruits and vegetables from the farmer's market. It was almost like it was my gift. You see? So it's it's just really when we commit to things, the right things, because we could, we could commit to anything. You could be loved by many, but you have to give your heart to maybe one thing. Because you can't just keep putting your heart out there for people to just take and tear it up into a million pieces. Because that can happen. Filling people cups up with your love and peace and kindness and they just take and toss it on the ground. You know, you fill it up with love and that's what we're here to do, to spread love and light. That's the only way that the planet is going to heal. By us drawing healing heart circles in the sand. It's really not that hard. I tell you what's hard is being angry all the time. It is exhausting. Just exhausting. Just being angry, angry angry all the time about things that you probably can't even change 
Again, I sit here and I'll tell you, the worst thing that could have happened to me has already happened. I'm done with that part of my life. That chapter is closed. And when I do deal with it, it's in my private moments. I don't share it. I don't talk about it. I know what I went through. And I knew that I survived. You know, I know that I survived. And my brother came to the performance and he was like, when did this happen with you? I didn't know you did this. And I'm like, I never. I never did anything like this. But we have to get out of that comfort zone sometimes. We just have to. It's not okay to just stay stuck. That was a hard lesson for me. That was really a hard lesson. So I would like to close with saying, you know, when you find something, situation, circumstance, or even people, that you can commit to because you meet people where they are. And when you meet people where they are, you can commit to that particular station in the way that you want to because why? We get to write our own stories. Good, bad, or indifferent. The thin line between love and hate is indifference. You just don't give a damn. And that's how it is. And sometimes with certain people, situations, and circumstances, you really have to do that. The scenario is when you love something and there's a hole in the ground, you take your shirt off or your coat and cover that hole so that they... When they walk there, they won't walk into it. That's love. Hate? Hey, you just like let them fall. That's it. And the in, that's the indifference. That is the indifference. It's no real gray area. It's, it's like if they fall, they just fall. It's almost like Depending on how you feel about a person, if I open the door and it falls in your face because you're behind me, it depends on how you think about me. You can either go one or two ways. You could think, oh, she's just being mean to me. And she was trying to hurt me by letting that door fall or close in my face. But if you like me, you'll say, oh, I get it. That's okay. You're not going to be upset. So really, that scenario of the door, when you come into a space and you become conscious of your surroundings, it will mean the difference between accepting and not accepting. But, you know, in moving forward in my life, 
I just want to be unbothered by a lot of stuff because, you know, I had taken that from my mother of being a worry ward, and I just not taking that with me anymore. You know, I because it keeps you tied up and bound to a lot of worry and craziness, insecurities, and those are not any things I, I want to deal with anymore. So, in closing, I would like to say my divine salutes your divine. Namaste.